Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a whole new episode of Full Seam Ahead. I'm your host, Zoe, with my other boy on the other side, Mr. Cantu. What's up, what's up? Episode 111, we're going to title it Rocky Start, but, I mean, it was Pazzy Smooth. If you really looked at them, both of them games, uh, Astros split the series. Um, honestly, that first game should have been a dub for the Astros. It could have been an easy little mini sweep for them, but, I mean, the Rockies just gave, it a, uh, gave them, you know, their all and everything like that. So, um, luckily, the Astros offense came to life in that second game, and especially with Brandon Beal, like we'll, we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, he did a fascinating job on the mound. Hunter Brown, though, shaky, man. I mean, he's been shaky these past couple starts now. I mean, you go to Texas, and then uh, I believe Seattle he pitched as well. So, I mean, it's been a big, difficult start for him to get back in the groove of things. We thought that he was going to be ready by the time, um, you know, with this little all-star break that he had. But, I mean, it just doesn't look good so far for him. He's getting a little roughed up. Um, I mean, obviously, too, these teams are starting to figure him out. But, Angel, I mean, let's talk about this series. Uh, Two-game series against the Rockies, like I said. Split it. One word. Give me that one word and describe it. I mean, it was unfavorable for the Astros. Um, it was a favorable matchup, favorable opponent. But the outcome wasn't – like I feel like if you ask any Astro right now, they'll be uh, – they would have told you that they should have taken both games uh, that's of that series and swept the series, the, the season series against the Rockies. But baseball happens. The Astros couldn't score runs when they had runners on. I think that's the story for the Astros every single season, uh, situational hitting. But it was, it was unfavorable. But at the end of the day, they're only four and a half games back. And unfortunately for them, the Rangers did – didn't. They swept the Rays, or they're in the process of sweeping the Rays? Yes. So the Rangers have swept the Guardians and the Rays. And if you would have told me that before, because we discussed this on uh, the episode before the All-Star break, and I was running the schedule out to, you know, to both of us, and it looked like the Astros, I mean, you're going against the Angels. That was honestly should have been a sweep. Same thing as this Rockies uh, series, the little mini sweep, but it didn't happen. They lost a game to both them teams. Rangers, on the other hand, had a tougher schedule. They had to play the Guardians, who are first and second. I don't know if they're first or second in that AL Central. Then you're, you're playing the top team in the AL, being the Tampa Bay Rays, and they, they took care of business yeah. against them. And then, um, I mean, I, if you would have told me who would have swept who, like who, I honestly thought it would have been the Astros. Yeah, but the difference between the Rangers and the Astros is that the Rangers are healthy. Like they're only missing Jacob Degrom, but Evaldi has stepped up big, and their offense is there compared to the Astros. I think, like I firmly believe, if Altuve and Jordan are in that lineup, they would have easily could have easily swept both series of the Angels and the um, and and the Rockies because a bunch of like in a bunch of these games, there's just one hit away, one hit away from again the famous call. They turned the game upside down. Right, they're just one hit away from doing what they need to do to win the game. Yeah, I mean, when you have Alvarez and Altuve in the lineup together, they're 10-3. and three. Uh, The next opponent the Rangers are going to be facing is the Los Angeles Dodgers, and Dodger Nation is going to be going to Arlington for that series before the Rangers go back and, you know, the first team they're going to play in their road trip is Houston. So uh, the Astros will face them in their first series being at home against uh, the Texas Rangers, and that should be an interesting and fun matchup to look at. But – let, let's discuss our shout-outs from this Colorado series. Not too many shout-outs out there really much, but my first one, Angel, is going to go to Brandon Belak. I mean, I, I've talked about his numbers on the road. It wasn't pretty. It hasn't been pretty this whole season for him. But 
when he's pinched against the Colorado Rockies, man, he is like, he is a dog. I mean, he's like a Cy Young award winner when it comes to playing these teams like the Rockies, the A's, you know, the, the, the teams that really are not fighting for any life in the postseason. But, I mean, five and two-thirds, one hit, zero earned runs, three walks, four strikeouts. With that outing right there, he's has three starts this uh, month of June, carries a 2-1 record and a 150 ERA. Talking about a guy that's coming from AAA, bouncing back really from AAA to the majors, uh, and he's stepping up big time when you got guys like Christian Javier that's still trying to figure out his stuff. Uh, JP France is having a good little season so far. Um, who else? Um, I mean, Jose Arquí with the injuries. I mean, we could talk about the injuries all we want, but I mean, Brandon Bielak has stepped up a big, significant time. And honestly, I mean, it was a he really needed that because of the bullpen. The bullpen has been taxed ever since the All Star break from the Angels series. And, I mean, they still got a little, you know, work to do right there. But, I mean, you threw guys like Stanek that needs to throw a little bit more. Montero, I mean, he had a good scoreless inning as well. Uh, Maton only threw a little bit of pitches when he relieved Belak. So, by all means, I mean, we the Astros really needed to start from a guy. And that guy was Brandon Belak. And it, it, it'd be like that. <laughs> yeah, it was well-deserved for sure. He Brandon Belak has stepped up. And... I don't know, and like how you're saying, I don't know what it is about Colorado, but he does look like a Cy Young Award winner there. But he was huge, and again, the the name of this episode is Rocky Star Chaz. It's moved, so it's only fair that Chaz McCormick is getting a shout-out this episode as well. He went three for six, one home runs, three RBIs, has the second-best batting average on a team with a two eighty five batting average. That's, wow. that's, that's pretty crazy. Amazing. Especially, like, it's kind of hard to get hot when you're Jumping back and forth from the lineup to the bench, but shout out, like shout out to Chaz for sticking to it and making it, and like making all his advanced counts and all the time, you know, out there count. His he has an uh, he also has an on base percentage plus slugging of a nine oh four, which is pretty elite as well. This month of June, Chaz is second in weighted runs created plus with a two fifty four, according to AT and T Sportsnet. That's that's pretty. If that's you heard pretty good, if you I'm heard, not saying they're pretty good, that's pretty damn outstanding. Yeah, Shoot. if you heard our uh, at the track podcast let, this past recording, we we're saying how Shohei Otani's 184 weighted runs created is like superior, like that's the best of the best, that's the highest it get. Now, think about Chaz 254. That's, that's but that, that's this month, month of June. No, I know, I know. Know, because but... before it was uh, last episode we were talking about, it was 146. Just imagine mm-hmm. right now, it could be up there too. Yeah, it's pretty big, pretty like pretty pretty phenomenal what he's able to done after the All Star break. Jose Bray, he just continues to hit three for eight, one double, one RBI. Last 30 games, 292, 320, and 508 uh, slugging percentage, and and, and that 320 was an on base percentage. 35 hits. Six home runs and twenty-four RBIs. I think if Jose Abreu starts the year like this, it could potentially be a, an all-star once again. Like he's found mm-hmm. it. it um, I don't know what it was. Maybe a mechanical issue. Maybe it's just confidence issue. But he's found it. He's looked better as of late. Yeah, I mean that's what the Astros need, especially with Jordan being on the IEL, and then of course you got Kyle Tucker being hot at the right time, and Jose Abreu. I mean them two guys right now are holding it down with the RBIs of Kyle Tucker more than anything. And then Chaz McCormick, like you were saying too, uh, it's a good sign that the Astros are finally getting to see the 2020 kind of Jose Abreu. And I feel like we haven't seen the 2020 AL 
MVP yet. It's yet to come. He's I think he's just warming up right now at this point. I feel like when he gets to August and September, that's when it when it's really gonna count and he's gonna get hot. Yeah, soon the Astros will be showcasing that Cuban connection in Jose Abreu and in Jordan Alvarez, but maybe in maybe another Cuban, you know, potentially maybe. from the South Side of Chicago could potentially be part of that Cuban connection, but we'll talk about that more later. Let's talk about Astros injury updates. So starting with Jose Altuve. Jose Altuve was taking ground balls on Tuesday. Altuve took batting practice on the field Wednesday, first time since his injury. So again, positive note. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Brown did mention he is a week away f- um, compared to Alvarez and Urquidy. And speaking of Alvarez, he made his first rehab start last night. He went one for three. Oh, not last night, but during the day, right? It was a 1135 yeah. uh, start time. Start time on that one. He went one for three with a single, a walk, and a strikeout. But that single was 108 miles per hour off the bat. Like up the middle. That's the Jordan. Yeah, that's the Jordan. The Astros fans are crazy, crazy about. Daniel Brown spoke with Sports Talk 790 and said everything is going according to plan. He hopes to have Jordan back for the Rangers series. Now, Daniel Brown again, like I just mentioned, Rangers series. But if you would, I think Lorenzo, you were there when they were interviewing Alvarez, and he said he's ready to go. He said that he's missed time already. He wants to be in the lineup. He doesn't want to be playing games in Sugarland, basically, right? He like, <laughs> what, like he's ready to contribute, and he was DHing today but you asked him if he was going to be on the field and he said today right today uh, they should be seeing him in the field so yeah. that'd be good to see Bradley simple no update no update on him is the, the same go ahead you were gonna say yeah something. I was going to say something with um, Jordan I mean he said his the bats and everything like that felt pretty good and that's a good sign because if you're dealing with an oblique injury and like you you've mentioned this so many times I mean it's a tricky injury to diagnose and if he, you know, if he goes out in front in one of the pitches or swings really hard and messes up that oblique, that could really hurt. But, um, yeah, being able to get some outfield work and like we were talking off air about it, too, about, yes, fans want to see him in that Oakland series. I mean, I'm pretty sure both of us, I'm speaking for both of us, I, I want to see him in that Oakland series. But at the same time, too, I'd rather not rush him back, get him healthy. And it's going to matter when it comes to Texas. So yeah. just wanted to add that. I'm on board with you. Um, again, no rush. Uh, yes, the Astros lineup needs needs Jordan Alvarez like, tremendously, but at the end of the day, I think health comes first. Yeah. Jose Urquidy made his second rehab start yesterday morning. Three innings pitch, four hits, two in runs, a walk, and two strikeouts. He threw 45 pitches, which 29 were, were strikes. Daniel Brown was targeting Urquidy to throw 50 pitches. Again, Urquidy, if you asked him, he would tell you he's ready as well. Oh, he's he, well, like he's getting there. He's getting there. Like he said, he felt better than his previous start. Maybe the heat took a little toe on him. But as though you were there, what did Akiti say? Yeah, so both them guys were just talking about the heat. I mean, who's not going to talk about that Texas heat being 99, 100 degrees, especially playing at the peak of like 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock when it's really hot outside. But Akiti was just saying basically he feels physically ready. He feels better than the first outing. Uh, his target goal, he wants to get to five innings. He wants to get to five innings, uh, 70 pitches. And, of course, uh, he was talking about, like, projecting where he's going to be ready. He would probably have to say, and this is what he said, he said early August. So, by all means, it's going to take him a little bit, a couple of times compared to Alvarez and Altuve because they're pitchers. They got to have their arms rest, you know, and it's going to take some time until their next start. But progressing well, as he was saying, he feels very good, and that's that's a confidence 
that he needs to be. And it's a, it's a good sign for the Astros. Yeah. Like, I feel like having Arcady back, it will be really great for like Hunter Brown and JP Prince, like the younger guys who, and like, I know you were saying Hunter Brown was struggling, but honestly, he, like he just could be fatigued. Like this is uncharted yeah. territory for Hunter Brown. Like he's never thrown like his next start. I believe he's never thrown anything higher than that. Or, or if he has, it's probably like one or two innings. Like, yeah. For, like from that start. So again, having him back, will give Hunter Brown a little relief. I don't know if you might see Hunter Brown like in the minors for a little bit just to give him like some rest and bring up another guy. I don't know if that's a possibility. It's, like just as like same things. Yeah, or even move a guy into the bullpen role too. Because mm-hmm. of course the bullpen's been taxed. So kind of giving the bullpen a little bit of um, you know, a breather out there. Yeah, so having Rikiti back gives the Astros a little bit more of uh, like related to anything in that source to say with the rotation and the bullpen a little bit. But the trade deadline is fast approaching, so we have an Astros trade speculation. Chicago White Sox news. You know who's in Chicago? Robert sees, you know, all those great all those guys. All those guys over there. How young rookie of the years go gloves? Oh my god. This is per John Heyman. White Sox starting pitcher Dylan Sees would be Houston's dream acquisition. But Chicago's asking price is said to be massive, of course. Like yeah. uh, Dylan Sees was Top three in Cy Young last year, or did he mm-hmm. win the Cy Young? He was the runner up. No, runner, Bernardo won it, right? I forgot. Yeah. yeah, so whenever you're put in a conversation with competing for Justin Verlander for a Cy Young, that I mean, you know, you got uh, something good happening. Mm-hmm. MLB Network reported about Dylan Seas, the White Sox aces among the players they'll love to add. However, the White Sox have made Seas close to untouchable, according to a report. This is per USA Today. The Astros have checked in with the Cubs on Cody Bellinger and Marcus Stroman. Both pending free agents could be available at the deadline, depending on the Cubs' performance the rest of the month. Right? So it's just, again, Fine. Astros are asking, right? They're yeah. interested. They know they need to. They know they need to do something, right? So mm-hmm. my question to you is, if you were to throw in a package for Luis Robert or Dylan Cease, who would you offer or or, or or what are we looking at? I mean, the ghost, I mean, if you would tell me to get either Cease and Robert or Stroman and Bellinger, I'm taking Cease and, and Robert a hundred percent of the day. Um, I mean, but like they were saying, it's going to be a massive package. I mean, Dylan Cease, like you were saying, second in the Cy Young voting last year, just missing it to Justin Verlander. Uh, hasn't had a good season this year. Uh, I think he has a four ERA, I believe. And then Luis Robert right now is just tearing the ball and um, I mean, home runs, power. You can see the power. He's won a gold glove before. I don't know if he won rookie of the year, but I am very positive he's won a gold. So um, the, the package for that is going to be Drew Gilbert's going to have to be in that package. I mean, you're, I, I would, I would deal Drew Gilbert just for the fact that you're getting Luis Robert Jr. And yes, the history, the injury history is there because Luis Robert has had some injuries, you know, from each season. But this season, right now, he's been looking. You know, 100% good, not nothing really bad, knocking on wood, because like I said, I have him on fantasy. Um, but yeah, you're you're looking at to give Drew Gilbert, I'm pretty sure Jacob Mellon as well, at, at least your top three in your farm system for them. And then, of course, probably McCormick or Myers or one of those guys. Stroman and Bellinger, on the other hand, uh, this is the probably the best package if you're the Astros to go get. Uh, Marcus Stroman, you've seen his stuff. He's still good. He, he's I mean, when he pitches on the mound, he, of course, he's the shortest guy, but he got that heart in him. He got that dog in him too. Um, 
I mean, he pitched very, very well for the Mets last year. He pitched good for the Cubs as well. Cody Bellinger, too. I mean, he's been hitting the ball pretty well after the All-Star break, even before the All-Star break. He's been getting that power back, and that's what the Astros need. But I don't think you would give up Drew Gilbert for that. You'd probably give up, like, a Pedro Leon, a about Jake Myers. Colin Barber. Colin Barber, yeah. You could put him in there. Um, and probably a pitcher. I don't know if you would put J.P. France or Spencer Arigetti. But, I mean, that them are my kind of – packages if i was going to throw for the cubs but if if i mean if you're used to if you could try to get cease and robert because you got dylan cease and he's under club control for two more years and i believe robert is for four so yeah I mean, I have numbers. Moves, if you could if you could try to get them i wouldn't i wouldn't be opposed and especially giving up drew gilbert because you're getting a great talent in luis robert i mean i, I mean to me personally in my opinion i'd feel like i would try to do something with that yeah, I was gonna actually mention that about the control year. So, oh my, um, no, no, you're good, you're good because I have the numbers here, they're ready. So, Dylan Seas will be a free agent after the 2026 season, so mm-hmm. that's his age 30 season. And Luis Robert, it has club control until 2028. So, that is the reason why, in order to get them, though, like, like the hall is going to be a lot, lot more massive. compared to, but yeah, like Heyman said, massive, yeah. So, I mean, it's possible. But the Astro has to throw the kitchen sink. Like we're talking about Jake Myers, Jokes, yeah. Barber, Spencer Aguirre, Corey Lee, Drew Gilbert, you know, Jacob Manson, I got those guys you mentioned. But it's just the like it's just what the Astros want. Now, do the Astros have the prospect capital compared to other clubs? They don't. They like no. again, the Astros don't have a pro, like a prospect in the top one hundred. Like it used to be Joe Gilbert, yeah, but, used to be, but after that, and uh, after the MLB draft from twenty three, I mean, he, he just is not on there no more. I mean, he's probably one like I, I don't know, I don't know it's probably like one on one, one or two. It'd be like a, yeah, like an automobile benching kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But they don't. So uh, other teams who are also buyers, like the Braves, the Orioles, the, the Rangers, Rangers, Reds, they have all these prospects who they're willing to give away because they're in a win now mode. Yeah. So to me, it just depends what the team's looking for. Like if, well, like if they're looking for top prospects, the Astros don't have no chance. But mm-hmm. if they're looking for a combination of top prospects and major league ready guys, you gotta get the Astros. Yeah. They have an they have an overflow in outfield. Jake Myers, Corey Jokes, even Chaz, uh, Colin Barber, Drew Gilbert, Jericho Melton. Like that's that's a lot of only, outfield depth. You only have three position, th- three opportunities to play the outfield, and they have more than five guys who are capable of. Like, and that's I think including Pedro Leon as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just again, if the like like if a team wants a few major league ready guys and a few prospects, Astros should totally jump in right on that. Like, yeah. they have a chance to get a C's and a uh and at least Robert. So it just depends what they're looking for. But if it's just our prospects, I don't see anything getting done. And that's what I'm thinking. It's just more like, it's almost like a Hail Mary to get that one, I feel like. For Dylan Cease and Luis Robert Jr., that's like a 25% to 15% chance that you could get them. Uh, Lucas Giolito is probably your best bet from them two. If you can't get them two, you could probably try to get Giolito. But Giolito hasn't had his stuff going this year. But if you want a rental kind of package, I mean, Strowman and Bellinger are the guys. I'm, I don't think they're going to be looking for contracts to stay in Houston after uh, if they get traded Houston after this year. Uh, Strowman, maybe, um, because, he, I mean, he wanted to stay in 
the north side of Chicago with the Cubs, but the Cubs haven't said nothing to him, no extension, nothing like that. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Stroman in an Astros uniform, but um, yeah, Cease and Robert, man, I mean, it would, that's what I told you, that dream outfield right there with Robert Jr. being center, Jordan and left, and Tucker and right. I'm, my God, you're setting yourself, you're setting up for success for a good while, a good six more years, if you, yeah. because you have Robert Jr. for four. Uh, you have Dylan Cease. You'll have Dylan Cease more than they had Gary Cole. Yeah. If you thought if you thought about that, and the Astros haven't done a big trade like that since Zach Greinke in 2019. Literally, Jeff Luno threw the whole farm system to Arizona, giving giving up Corbin Martin, JB Bukowskis, Josh, um, Rojas. Josh Rojas, Seth Beer. Seth Beer was the number one guy at the time. Um, but look how that turned out too. Look at that. I mean, Seth Beer. I haven't heard his name in Arizona in a while. Corbin Martin has fell off as well, dealing with injuries. Bukowski is the same way. The only one that's been there and is Josh Rojas. And Rojas wasn't a top five prospect for Arizona at the uh, for Houston at the time. Um, so if if Dana Brown feels confident in doing a trade like that, throwing the whole farm system, the top five guys, maybe. And then like you're saying with MLB ready guys being McCormick. Um, you know, jokes and them. And think about it. Yes. I mean, Chaz McCormick right now, what he's doing, it's great. I would love to see Chaz McCormick stay in Houston. But if you're talking about Chaz McCormick and Louise Robert Jr., I mean, the talent, <laughs> Robert Jr. is up there. I'm not going to lie to you. And I'm, I mean, I just want to tell you, I like Chaz McCormick. He, he's a great player. I'm, I love what he's doing right now. AL Player of the Week. He's pushing for AL Player of the Month. But if you think about it, if he's rising his stock, to be like a tradable piece in the packages and Robert Jr. could be in that. I mean, by all means, I mean, Dylan Cease and Robert Jr. for McCormick and then some of the other prospects. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I would do that trade. Yeah. But the way right now, but the way McCormick is playing right now, he's like, what are you saying? The Astros uh, organization, I don't want to be traded, but yeah, again, it's baseball, right? Um, at the mm -hmm. end of the day, it is a business, and they're trying to make you know. Yeah, just think about Wilmer Flores the time he got um, traded. You remember during the Mets yeah. game, he got traded during the game, and he was crying because he got traded to the Giants. So, yeah, baseball things like that will hurt you. Okay. Yep. Do you have anything to add on before we move on? No, go ahead. Let's get it. Let's get that preview going, and it is in the Bay Area, Oakland Athletics. 27 to 71. I mean, this team, this, the organization, the fan base. I mean, I was at the All Star game and they had some some of the fans from Oakland standing with the sign and giving out flyers saying sell the team and all this stuff. You know, basically protesting about you know keeping the A's in Oakland. And by all means, I, I mean I'm I'm really rooting for them. I I love Oakland. Uh, to stay there and have that team because they've been heartbroken with getting their teams transferred to different cities. But enough with that. And they're last in the AL West, two and eight in their last 10 games. The Astros will face two rookie starting pitchers. So that, that's a great opportunity for the offense to tear off of. And then also Houston is six and oh this year against the A's and Astros starting pitching has a 1.30 ERA. So that, that is great to hear if you're an Astros fan because, I mean, the bullpen right now, it's been a little up and down. And then the starting pitching, too, hasn't been the same. But Framber's looked good. Christian Javier looked decent. Uh, J.P. France was a little roughed up. And Hunter Brown's been roughed up. So 
that's a it's positive it's positive but then speaking of the stash we're going to be starting him off on thursday 8 40 start time jp francis four and three with a 331 era and he will be going against hogan harris a rookie this is the first rookie the Astros will face He's two and three with a 651 ERA. And JP France, his last outing, like I was saying, um, coming off the second half year, you're expecting good, good throws, you know, accuracy, location, velocity, everything there that's going to go your way. But it just didn't for JP France. The defense really didn't help out a lot in the back either. He went four and a third, nine hits, four runs, two of them being earned, zero walks, two strikeouts. The positive thing about this is that he carries a 218 ERA on the road. And I've talked about this before. I mean, I don't know why he, he just loves pitching away from Minute Maid Park. There's nothing wrong with that. Hotel beds. I mean, I understand. I mean, it's a it's a different environment in there. It's cold. It feels good. But, uh, Angel, I mean, if France is going to bounce back from that other star, what pitch is going to be the key factor for him to settle in and destroy this offense of the Oakland A's? I would say the fastball. He, he uses the fastball a lot. But it's also the one that gets hit the most. He has a 302 uh, opponent batting average on the fastball. If he can locate his fastball and mix in those off speed pitches, he'll be, he'll have great success. Yeah, I mean, locate like I said, location is going to be key. It wasn't a big thing. His command wasn't there really in his last start. If you checked it out, um, I mean, he was missing everywhere. But it's all right. This is a sick start, and he'll be going against Hogan Harris. Like I said, his last outing versus Minnesota. Against Carlos Correa and all them guys over there. Four innings pitch, six hits, five earned runs, three walks, five strikeouts. His last two starts, he didn't reach the five inning threshold. Um, good thing for hitters to hear about this. He has a 304 BAP, BA, batting average, BIP, balls in play, 786 OPS, and he has an average of nine hits per nine innings. So, meaning that he gets hit a lot, basically. Um, so who's this guy? It's a rookie. Astros didn't face him the last time. Let's talk about his four-pitch arsenal, shall we? Four-seam fastball, 47.6% of the time. That's what the Astros are going to see more than anything from this arsenal. 92 to 93 miles per hour. That's his average. The cutter being the second-best pitch, 20.2. Uh, 90 to 91 miles per hour average. The changeup, 18.9, 78, 79 miles per hour. Uh, get and got a 30.9 whip percentage on it. Has the set eight strikeouts as well. Um, the fastball, of course, has the most strikeouts, and the second one being the changeup, and the last one being 13.3 percent of his curveball, 76 to 77 miles per hour average. So, Ashles didn't know if. Framber Valdez was going to be ready for his next start. Dusty Baker had said it on Tuesday night's game that they weren't sure he was going to throw a bullpen and, you know, go from there. So Wednesday morning comes, they still didn't know anything. It was kind of a TBD kind of thing. Well, Framber Valdez will be pitching on Friday night, 840 start time, 76-276 ERA. He will be going against J.P. Sears. He is 1-6 with a 3.99 ERA. If you remember, J.P. Sears was the relieving pitcher for the Yankees, and now he transitioned himself to a starter with the Oakland Athletics. And it has not gone well for him. Um, let's talk about him right now. Last time versus Minnesota, six and a third, four hits, three earned runs, no walks, seven strikeouts. He did face Houston earlier in the season, and his stat line was six innings, five hits, two earned runs, one walk, seven strikeouts and he he's looked really good against right-handed hitters and the Astros lineup is a right 
you know, right heavy lineup. And a lot of uh, right-handed hitters in the lineup. Tucker being the only lefty there since Jordan Alvarez is not there. But Sears, like I said, does pretty good against the right-handed hitters. Um, he throws opponent batting average is 199. And he has a 295 Woba. But left-handed hitters, Tucker basically being the only guy. 293 opponent batting average and 334 Woba. But think about it. Chaz McCormick hits really well against left-handed pitching. And, I mean, this is a – I mean, Chazzy Fizz right now is hot. Uh, you can see him probably go on a tear. But another thing with J.P. Sears right now, dude, I mean, give credit where it's due. I mean, he's having a great month of July. He has a 193 ERA. He has only allowed four earned runs in three starts. So, Angel, I mean – I gave you the stats right there. He's having a great month of July. Right-handed hitters apparently is the kryptonite. I'm not the kryptonite, but they're, they're not hitting very well against Sears. Um, how are the Astros are going to slow down him? I mean, what when he's pitching this great in the month of July. That's surprising that lefties have a higher uh, opponent batting average against J.P. Yeah. Sears because he is a lefty. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, they, they always want that lefty-lefty matchup. But – Honestly, J.P. Sears has, like, the record might not show it, but he's been the Athletics' best pitcher so far this season. And what I think the Astros need to do in order to jump on this guy early is jump on that fastball because mm-hmm. he throws it a lot. But he throws it a sweat to set up that sweeper and slider pitch that he likes to throw and also mixes it in, mixes in a changeup. Out of all those pitches, the, the fastball and the changeup are the ones that have the most opponent batting average. If, if you get that slider or that sweeper, like, like it's kind of hard to hit it. The mm-hmm. bat, opponent batting average for the slider zero sixty seven, so wow. it's really good. And then the sweeper two fifteen. So I'm looking at the uh, Carlos Pena. Like I know it's coming from the other side, but Jeremy Pena still struggles with sweepers. So I mean, I would say jump on that fastball in order to get a and to get ahead on the count and potentially get him out the game early. Yeah, Jer- I mean, speaking of Jeremy Pena, dude, I mean, he's been struggling bad. I mean, it, it's it hasn't been pretty ever since he came off the break. He's batting 107 in his last seven games. I mean, six strikeouts. He only has one RBI, two walks, three hits. I mean, uh, he has to figure it out soon. I mean, if he could figure it out, this this lineup could go from dangerous to even, you know, on a, on a freaking – I don't even know how to say the word right now, but you know <laughs> no, what I mean. Yeah, it's that sophomore slump for sure now. All these guys are different. Some like they take away Julio. Like Julio's been doing. Like, like he started out kind of slow, but now he's picking yeah. it up. Pena has been the opposite. Like he started out pretty good, and now he's just it's like he's lost out there. So like baseball's a game of adjustments, but it's also a, a, like a mental game. I think a, a hit here or there can bring up his confidence, but pitchers are are realizing how to pitch him. He needs to make that adjustment as well. Oh, Ali Rushman. I mean, he's a sophomore. He's in the ball for Baltimore. They have not lost a game. If you had saw that, I think it was like 70 games consecutively that they haven't lost or lost a series with Rushman and yeah, on the on the roster. It's crazy. It's a series, yeah. But we're getting off topic. Let's talk about the franchise La Grasa. Last outing at uh, LA. Five innings pitch, four hits, two earned runs, one walk, 13 strikeouts. Uh, last outing versus Oakland. I think you're going to like this. Nine innings, four hits, zero earned runs, zero walks, seven strikeouts. That is a shutout. That is a complete game, whatever you want to call it. 
This man just loves pitching against the Oakland A's. Uh, four and three in his career, 257 ERA, 57 strikeouts as well. The only thing right now that's concerning for Astro fans, and I'm pretty sure for Josh Miller and Dusty Baker themselves. And I'm going to ask you this right now. Will Framber be on a pitch count or monitor throughout this start? Pitch count, no. Monitor throughout the start, yes, of course. Um, I feel like pitch count is more like when you have, like, are coming back from an elbow injury or a shoulder injury, like that arm, like, but it was a leg injury. So, mm-hmm. that will he, cramp. yeah. So, will he be monitored? Yes. Pitch count, no. Yeah, you better believe he's going to put some pickle juice in that little, as the, the guys have like a little ice box in the dugout. I'm pretty sure there's going to be some pickle juice in there. Man. Hopefully, he doesn't, hopefully he doesn't cramp. I'm sure his um, his family sent him some Dominican remedy that's gonna cure all his cramps. So like, doesn't dude, just like, real quick, just in a snap of a finger, for sure. Like, I play with this. I'll try, but I play with this uh, old dog. Uh, he was a pitcher. He was like probably like sixty something. Every time before he started, like he had this Mexican, uh, like icy hot remedy. He'll put it on his arm. He'll be shoving out there. So you know, I'm sure like like what Dominicans have the same like a similar thing. Yeah, it's called Tiger Bomb, right? <laughs> <laughs> Icy hot. Just call Shaq for a sponsor real quick. Just send some. But, um, yeah, we're getting off topic. Saturday, 8.07 start time. And the Astros have yet to announce a starter, but I feel I feel confident. I think it's Christian Javier. And if it is, he's 7-1 with a 4.39 ERA. And he'll be going against Paul Blackburn. And Blackburn, I mean, the Astros have seen him a lot through these years. If you remember, he rode with the Astros to uh, the All-Star game in uh, 2022. Uh, he's 1-2 with a 5.48 ERA. But like I said, Javier, we're not too sure. But if he is, last outing against the Angels, five innings, four hits, three earned runs, two walks, seven strikeouts. His last outing versus Oakland, five innings, four hits, one earned run, three walks, three strikeouts. I think this is a good opportunity really for Javier to pitch this series um, against a team like this that hasn't been doing doing too good this uh, season. Uh, builds up the confidence, I'd say. Uh, maybe get to see him go through six innings like we've got to see him do. But at the same time, Javier has yet to really pitch through six or seven innings in a while. So and maybe even throw a lot of strikeouts as well because this is a team that likes to swing and miss a lot. Uh, just ask Domingo Herman when he got his perfect game. Paul Blackburn, that's the Astros are going against. Last outing versus Boston, five and two-thirds, nine hits, six earned runs, two walks, three strikeouts. He will make his first start against the Astros, though, this year since July 2022, which is shocking. I thought we that the Astros have would have sought him already, but yet to see him. But in that outing that he pitched, uh, four innings, seven hits, six earned runs, one walk, six strikeouts. And like I was telling you, Angel, I mean, the Astros love facing Paul Blackburn. I don't know why, but they just do. And I don't know if it's just ace pitching as well. That could be a thing. That's why they're 6-0 right now. But in six appearances against the Strohs, he's 0-4 with 11-25 ERA. He has given up 38 hits, 30 earned runs, and has only striked out 14 batters. So, I mean, offense is going crazy when Blackburn's on there. I'm pretty sure Alvarez wish he could be in this Oakland series, but like we said before, take your time, young man. Take your time. You got Kyle Tucker that could probably put one into the seats, and maybe Jose Abreu, Alex Bregman. It could, it could be a slugfest out there in Oakland. But the final matchup uh, going on Sunday before the Astros head back to Minute Maid Park, 307 to be determined again with the Astros pitcher. It could be Hunter Brown 
Uh, maybe Ronel Blanco. I don't know because uh, Hunter Brown, of course, this this is his first start coming off the second half of the season. Possibly that he could be seeing the Texas Rangers, but if I'm the Astros, I wouldn't do that because the last outing he did against the Rangers, he was hit pretty hard. So, like I said, it's a to be determined, but I'm going to – if it's a possibility that Hunter Brown will start 4-5, and five, 379 ERA versus Luis Medina, 3-7, and seven, 579 ERA. And Hunter Brown, like his last outing, like we were talking about in the beginning, it was rocky, and that's why it's a rocky start. Five and a third, six hits, four earned runs, no walks, seven strikeouts. I'll give this to him, though. After that first inning, he I mean, he was getting torched. Um, Ryan McMahon came up and hit a home run. Chris Bryant hit a home run. I mean, they were just launching him in that first inning. But after that, he settled in the mid part of the game, and he only allowed three hits. And one of them was, I don't know if you saw the game, it was a betweener between Jeremy Pena and Mauricio Dubon. And that could have been easily at out because Pena was, his momentum was going to first. But Mauricio thought he would have, you know, went around and just kind of threw it at first off balance. And that did not happen. That was the reason why that was a hit. CJ Crone comes up, hits a ball literally. Now, I think Jeff Blum had said it was a seven second hang time. And Chaz McCormick lost in the line left field. And McCormick dove for it and missed the ball. And that was your two hits right there. So I'll get I'll give Hunter Brown credit. He didn't bounce back after that first inning, but could be better next time. Just velocity and the control has to be better. But Luis Mandina. And the Astros have seen Luis Medina. He's been in relief. He's been coming in at some starts. And this guy's a rookie as well. This is the two rookies I was talking about. Last outing versus Boston, he pitched really well. Five and two-thirds, three hits, zero earned runs, one walk, six strikeouts. And like I was telling you, I mean, he's a reliever starting kind of guy, but the game he relieved with was against Houston this year, and that was five and a third, seven hits, five earned runs, three walks, five strikeouts. Can you take a guess? Of the two Astros that hit home runs against them, um, Jose Abreu or and Alvarez. No, it was Jake Myers and Chaz McCormick. I mean, oh, I wow. I don't think you would have expected that. I wouldn't even have expected that if you would question me on that. But that I mean, that's a good thing to see. Thing with him, you got to put pressure on him. Got to put pressure on him early. Uh, when he has no one on base, obviously pitchers feel comfortable. If no runners on. It's just them and the catcher playing catch. 228 opponent batting average. He only allowed seven earned runs this season with no men on base. So when he got people, you know, when he got players on the bases, 309 opponent batting average, giving up 35 earned runs. So this could be a guy at first. This could be just a guy at second. Really at first. 35 earned runs. That's crazy. And then men in scoring position. 304 opponent batting average, 31 earned runs. Put pressure on the kid. This guy's a rookie. Show him. I mean, you're the 2022 World Series champions for a reason. Y'all have demolished Oakland throughout the years, especially if you could go back to 2020 with that COVID playoffs series. The Astros beat them with nothing, even though they didn't get – I think they were even last in their division that year, I would say. Oakland won that division. They, they had a losing record. I remember that. Um, but, yeah, put put pressure on this young man. Force them to make some mistakes, crush it to the, you know, to the fans. No, Other yeah. than that, go ahead. Other than no, that. Those numbers are crazy. Like, even when a man on base, like that opponent batting average and 35 earned runs, that's, that's that's crazy. So, it's either like he's giving up the long ball a lot 
or Gapper. So that's like, you know, that's just my take on looking at those numbers. But yeah, and the Astros are pretty good at, at getting on base. That when I look at Bregman, he likes to walk, and he and if he takes them the way he can get them, and so is Kyle Tucker. So I'll be interested to see. But it's time for our MVPs and our hot takes. So. I kind of do so well. I had Brown, Astros <laughs> beat the Rock. I don't even want to talk about it. So let's go with the new one. So you had an offer on that one. Yeah, I don't even say, I, I got to check mine. I got to check mine. Go ahead. But I'm I'm riding with the hot hand on this one. So I'm going with Chaz McCormick. Um, he's gonna be my offensive MVP, my pitching MVP, JP France, and my hot take is the Astros will out hit the Oakland A's. I would I would figure they should. I mean, there is no way in hell that the Astros should not out-hit these guys. I mean... I'm taking a safe one, you know, doing all for... 26 and 71. My gosh. I mean, that that's pretty... Yeah, that's... that's. I mean, that's 2011-2012 Astros right there. Um, but I had Alex Bregman. I, I'm, that's what I was trying to see right now. My phone's not wanting to upload the box score from the other day. But I, went, I believe he had two for three. The first game and he had zero or, or one the second game so i don't know if you want to call that like a half a point one point i don't even know but uh my pitching mvp was a bullpen they they were solid they were i mean did you see ryan stanick's first game that was a big situation that he came into second and third second and third one out oh and then a strikeout to nolan jones did you see i mean nolan jones had a nine pitch at bat and he comes back in the box and gets a time violation. Oh, wow. No, I didn't see that. That was a strikeout on Stanek. Thank God, because Stanek was running out of pitches to throw him. It was a good battle, though, between them two. Uh, so I, I'm taking a dub with the bullpen, even though Ryan Presley gave up that home run to CJ Crone in the second game. They they were solid. And then the hot take, Astros will have more home runs than the Rockies. Yeah, that did not work out. Astros, I think Chas McCormick was the only one that hit a home run for them. And the Rockies, I mean, the long ball was just flying. But new series, it's the weekend, Angel. You know, we, we love the weekend, baby. Um, I'm going to go with Kyle Tucker. Yes, left-handed hitters um, was struggling. I, I believe we were talking about that stat. I think it was J.P. Sears. Oh, no, no. He, he J.P. Sears struggles against left-handed hitting. Kyle Tucker's that guy. And Kyle Tucker's been a good, great, great road hitter throughout this whole season. I, I don't know if he... Um, Still has his hitting streak on the road. I think it had a 16-game road hitting streak. I'm not sure if that's still alive from both those games. But I'm riding with Kyle Tucker. I know this guy loves being on the road, and especially hitting again at Ricky Henderson Field. I think he loves hitting against the Oakland A's. Pitching MVP, you already know who I got to go with. I got to go with the franchise. This guy, of course, came off. Uh, he matched his career high in strikeouts in 13 against the Angels. And it didn't end well because he came off the mound with that cramp. But he, he's going to show he has, he's the dog. He, he, he's La Grasa for a reason. He is the franchise. He is the ace of this staff for a reason. He's going to go show out. The shutout, maybe. I don't think so. I can see seven, eight innings. But you know him. He's going to get you with that curveball, with that sinker, with that cutter. I mean, this guy's nasty. That's why he's top five in, in AO and the ERA. So I got to go with him. And then my hot take, Angel, I don't know if you're ready for this hot take. I mean, shoot, this shoot. is a hot take right here. I mean, the Astros will hit the A's. It's That's pretty one. all right. It's a safe one. <laughs> that, that was a safe one. That one's all right. I mean, you went over for a reason, and I understand that. 
Rafael Montero. We're going to see Montero this series. He will pitch another scoreless outing or scoreless outings. Wow. If he okay. makes it two appearances, I think he's going scoreless on both. And if he's making one appearance, I think it's a scoreless. He, he showed promise in life against the Rockies in that second game. I could see it happening in this series against the Oakland Athletics. Build that confidence, too, against a team like that that's been struggling this whole season. I'm just saying that this is it right here. This is going to bring back, hopefully, the old vintage Rafael Montero from last year. So that okay. I'm hoping I'm going with my go with that. All right. That'll be good to see. We'll have to see. But our last segment for the day, the over, the under, y'all already know. And we got to recap our scores. Angel's coming back. I'm not going to lie. I thought I was going to continue on. Uh, but Angel, I mean, you're you're riding right there with me. I have nine points. Angel, you got eight. Um, I, I'm thinking of that meme right now. You know, you, they had us in the first half kind of thing, that football meme. That, that's you right now because, I mean, it was like 6-2 at a time, I think. And, yeah. I mean, you, you've crawled back, bro. But here it is. The new one's coming out. Valdez will have more than 10 strikeouts. 10. Are we going over under? Reminder that he had 13 his last outing against the Angels. Angel, what do you say? 10 strikeouts. I say over. If wow. he if he's gonna go over, this is the team to do it. That's very true. That is very true. But you know what? I, I do have him as my pitching MVP. I but this guy's the king of the ground ball. I gotta go under. I think he could be under 10. I say eight or nine in that range of the strikeouts. So off to a great start, over and under already. <laughs> uh, Chaz McCormick, next one, keeps his home run trend going. Wow, will he hit more than two home runs? It could be more. You never know. Uh, Colorado, he had one. Um, obviously, that was a two-game series. And then the Angels, he had three in a three-game series. Edger, you're going over or under with this one? You know what? I'm going to go over on this one as well. I think he can hit at least hit two. Anything else after that would be a bonus. Yeah, I mean, Paul Blackburn and J.P. Sears are the two lefties, and I said it before, Chaz McCormick loves hitting left-handed pitchers. But I got to go under on this one. I feel like he'll hit the gaps, um, maybe pull a ball, maybe, you know, take it the other way off the wall. So I got to go under. He's a good guy. I mean, he, I think he had, what, more than three hits? Mm -hmm. Our last one, right? Mm -hmm. So got to go with that. Next one being Jose Abreu. This guy, we, we talked about 292 in his last 30 games. He's kind of finding the rhythm. He's being that 2020 guy that the Astros won. And I think I can speak for you and I, Angel. I think that's what we want to see too. Um, more than six hits in this four-game series. And Colorado, he had three. Los Angeles Angels, he had five. Angel, where are you going? Over or under on this one? I'm going to go under on this one. Wow. Oh, oh yeah. under. A little under action with Jose Abreu. You, know, yeah. you don't see that Pito power. You don't see it. <laughs> I mean, he, he can, but I don't know. I just have a feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's like the last one that you said. Your brain's telling you this, but your heart's saying something else. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I gotta go over. I, I, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in Jose Abreu. Like I said, I feel like he's fine. His groove. We're just waiting until he heats up, kind of thing. But I could see him hitting over six hits. This is a great opportunity, like you talked about with Chaz McCormick and Valdez. This is the best team to do it. Like I said right here with this one, I think this is the best team to do it against a struggling pitching staff from the starters to the bullpen as well. So I got the over with more than six hits. 
Our second to last one, the stash. I don't have that stash. I I, I don't know about you. You got the beard going, but I don't got that like you or him. Uh, JP friends go seven innings or more. Wow. Seven innings or more. A uh, recap. Los Angeles Angels, he pitched four and a third. Colorado, he had six innings. And St. Louis, he had seven. Angel, I mean, seven innings. That's a that's a big one for a guy like this, a rookie. I mean, he does do well in the away, but I mean, what do you think? You're going over or under with seven innings. I don't know. Seven's a big number for a pitcher, so I will go under on that one. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big stash believer over here. I love I, I love JP Friends, a great guy. Um, I mean, he pitches very well too on the road, but I, I'm I agree with you, dude. I gotta go under on this one as well. I could see six. I could I could say that. I, I think he could get to the six any mark. Uh, he, he has got to the six and third, six and two thirds. But, um, I mean, two, this could be a good opportunity against the A's, like we've been saying before and over. Um, but, yeah, last one. The last one right here. Man, we, we've been kind of going over, under, over, under. I think J.P. France was the first one we agreed on. Um, this one being the Astros record more than 30 hits this series. Four-game series. 30 hits Colorado. They had 16. The angels, they had 42 Seattle. They had 20 Colorado. They had 13 angel. What do you think? I mean, 30 hits, man. I mean, this, I mean, the starting pitching has been struggling over there in the Bay area. What do you think? I'd say over easily, easily, easily. Wow. Okay. I, you know what? I had to go under on this one, man. Oh, wow. They, I mean, they, you know, they struggle. They sometimes play to the competition. They sometimes do. They they play to guys like J.P. Sears, Paul Blackburn, um, all these guys, Winnichuk. I mean, they, they do sometimes, and they try to do something about it, but sometimes they just fell short. But, uh, yeah, I'll go under with this one, maybe 25, 28. I, I could see that range. 30. I mean, it's possible. Don't don't get me wrong about that. This team could do it, especially that offense. But I, I got to go under on this one, man. Yeah, I feel like this series is going to remind me a little bit of that Angels and Astros series where they're just like back and forth action. So It could be that seventh inning just alone, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that is all for our show for today. Of course, continue to follow us at all your social media platforms from Twitter at Full Seam Ahead, TikTok at Full Seam Ahead, Instagram. FSA full seam ahead. And then of course the podcast platforms, Google podcasts, Apple, Spotify, subscribe to our YouTube channel as well as we're picking that up. Uh, try to build that subscribe list and threads. Don't forget. Of course that new app is still there. It's still in July. We're still in July as well. Go give us a follow on that. We're, we're building that up as well. But Angel, you got anything else before we sign off? No, just well, thank you for listening and hope you like it. Yeah, well, we'll have to see how the Astros end this road trip. Right now, they are three and two, and that doesn't sound promising, but you can end it on a good note on the road trip against the Oakland Athletics and build that momentum to play the first place Texas Rangers in the ALS. And that is going to be a Lone Star shootout, Lone Star showdown, whatever you want to call it. It's going to be a great one. If you haven't got tickets to that, you better get them tickets now. But other than that, we will talk to y'all and the recap of the Oakland A series and get you that preview against the Arlington Southern Oklahoma Rangers. But that's all. We'll talk to y'all later. Peace.